This is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the National Tsunami podcast. Today, we're offering four conversations from episode 26, our discussion with patient advocates about their activities on International NASH Day. It evolved into a fascinating conversation about childhood and adolescent NAFLD and how to increase overall awareness among both frontline treaters and patients. In this conversation, the discussion about childhood NAFLD and NASH continues. I start by mentioning how, as children, my friends and I played outside and ran around all day and note two differences between then and now. First, the perception that outside areas are unsafe safe now, as compared to when we were kids. And second, the alternative of indoor video and online games to capture kids' time and attention. I ask whether and how we can reverse this trend, particularly when it involves asking parents who might work 10 to 12 hours a day to muster the energy in their off time, to learn ways to improve their children's liver health, and then motivate their kids to eat better and play more energetically. Louise Campbell suggests it will be difficult because while outdoor play is no less safe than in past decades, social media increases the fear that children will have an unsafe event outdoors. After the group jokes about how the presence of wireless television remotes increased passivity. I comment on the transition of local news in the U.S. some 50 years earlier to highlight crime reporting and how highlighting crime reporting today is the lead story most of the time in local news. I ask whether it's possible and worth the effort to reverse this perception of the dangers of outside play given that kind of momentum and current status. Marco Korinyak responds it would be immoral and unethical not to work on this issue given the increasing social and economic costs liver disease is beginning to impose on societies. Louise said it would be tremendously hard to do so, but we need to take every opportunity we can because future costs will be so high. As she puts it, we need to, and I quote, protect the grandparents of today, end of quote, so they can see their children and grandchildren grow up as healthy as the grandparents have. She mentions the parliamentary debate held that day in British Parliament as being so exciting, precisely because it touched on these issues. Mike Patel discusses the importance of governments improving information on food labeling and the UK initiative to limit advertising of sugar foods during children's listening hours. Gina Madison goes on to note that as a mother, it was only fairly recently she realized the health challenges presented by the food her children were eating, not only at home, but also at school. This is one reason Nash Knowledge focuses so much attention on children. Another is that educating children is an excellent way to get information to the entire family. She cites the success public service advertising and school education had in getting children to talk with their parents about stopping smoking in past years and expresses the hope we can achieve the same benefits regarding food and exercise. She'll have more to say about sugar in later conversations. As international Nash Day grows and globalizes, the actions of organizations like these will comprise an increasing share of the day's activities, and also an increasing share of the volume, messaging, and energy behind the fatty liver public health debate throughout the year. Think about where all this is heading as you listen, and then just sit back, enjoy, listen, learn, when you're done. Join the conversation in our LinkedIn discussion group. So every time I listen to a conversation about children, I have a range of thoughts. Now, now when Louise says she's uh, younger than some on this call and older than others, she's younger than me significantly. But she and Mike are roughly in the same age cohort, and I'm older than both of them, Marco. I'm pretty sure that you're a lot younger than I am, and Gina, you I know about, because I'm probably about the same age as your dad. But so growing up, right, we played outside after school every day, and we ran like crazy. And we, we didn't have video games. And there was not the concern that there is everywhere these days about children's safety and the safety of neighborhoods. So you have this one social determinant of health issue around that. And then second, you have an issue of can you get parents, um, many of whom now are in households that work two jobs and 10, 12 hours a day, to then invest the energy in their kids that my parents have the space to invest in me. So uh, those are two issues I know of. Does that make sense? And 
how do you think we reverse? We'll get to food in a second, okay? But just on those two, which have nothing to do with diets, how's any of that manageable or reversible? Louise Campbell. I think it's difficult because statistically, crime against children is no more prevalent than it was when I was a child. But we're more aware of it through social media when it does happen. And we have generation after generation that's become more exposed. And I think there are multiple, like Nafod and Nash, this is a multiple faceted issue. But there are more cars. There are more ways that a child running around the streets until seven or eight or when it gets dark can get injured. And I think we have become a society, certainly in the UK, where that increase in the danger risk outside has curtailed. And we don't have enough green spaces. If you live in an inner city area, it's very, very difficult to have a location to take your child to a park. There's been a great deal of effort putting into putting where there are a space, a gym type area for people to use. Do they get used as much? No, but they should be. In China, they're all over. When I went for six weeks in China, they were all in the parks and everybody was using them, but everybody's out dancing and it was a very social community. It's very, very difficult to say and different areas will be different, and particularly in the US neighborhoods. Mike Bartel. Pivotal, not that this is going to age me, but you guys are going to see who's nodding here, but pivotal moment in technology that changed activity level was where they came up with the remote control with a wire so you didn't have to stand up to change the channels on the TV. Do you remember that? Yeah, actually, I remember when there were no remote controls at all. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. As I'm fond of saying, I'm not as old as dirt, but I played with dirt when I was a child. Yeah, go ahead, Marco. Marco, you wanted to say. Marco Korinyak. I just need to add here, so I'm so sorry for my parents, but I was the remote, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, so my question then is, did you walk to the remote or did you dance to the remote? No, we had a television. It was without remote, so it was just seven channels, but yeah, to change the channel. It's Marco, channel six. So yeah, that was my question. Exactly. Did, you, did you walk across the room or did you dance across the room? No, I guess I walked because I was, you know, no, I, I walked. I was a little then, but they used me. They abuse me as a remote. So a, a different comment about television than one you're likely to hear, but I think it really has a point. And, and Louise, when you talk about China, it really does have a point. 50-ish years ago, guy in New York figured out that the way to take the local newscast that ABC had in the evenings from third in the market to first was what they called eyewitness news. But what eyewitness news really had were two things, a lot of happy chat between the hosts and an extreme focus on crime. That the easiest way to get people to watch local television news in the U.S. was to talk about crime. And if you watch local news in the States now, virtually every program, every channel leads with crime. So we are so afraid of crime, which is really um, horrible when it happens, but rare, realistically. And we're not worrying about the idea that 10, 20 percent of our kids are growing up with livers that are, that are time to explode way too young and way too hard. Is there a way as advocates that we can start to change the, di the dialogue on that? Or is it so unlikely that we shouldn't even be considering? Let's try it that way. It's, it's got to be one of life's heaviest lifts if you try it. Is it enough of a priority to be worth thinking about? Or is it just, hey, we're going to have to live with that? Marco, go ahead. So if I may, so I think it would be unethical and unmoral not to start right now with everything that we could do because our society has just forgotten that we have like a, it's not the pandemic on a rise. It's not the pandemic that will come. It's something that is already here. And in the years to come, we will have increased demand for liver transplantations. We will see crashing of the healthcare systems because they will not be able to care for all the complications that are connected to fatty liver because it's just not just fatty liver. You have then problems with all other 
organs in your in your body because you can see a liver as a, as a factory like reproducing everything that you eat everything that you drink and if you are like putting garbage in I, I once I heard like garbage in garbage out so uh, this is something that is happening right now okay thank you other thoughts on that question which admittedly is a little bit tangential and then we're going to go back to other things that we can do today but personally I think it's very difficult we've taken on a very big challenge doing Naffold and Nash but I think it has to be raised as Marco says at every opportunity one of the reasons that it's very exciting that International Nash Day is gathering such momentum globally every year is that by doing what we do today we are trying to save the children of the future we really have to keep that in focus not only are we trying to protect the grandparents of today to see their children and grandchildren grow up we really are trying to change that momentum and recognize it that's what was for me so exciting about the parliamentary debate they were talking about strain on the healthcare due to obesity and naffled they were talking about the cost to industry of sickness and four days additional sick leave per somebody who is overweight these are things that i wasn't sure parliamentarians really understood that to me is a change of language it's a change of knowledge and if gli and the british liver trust were spies they've now infiltrated the echelons of parliament so good on them and I'll wait for the spies next year. It took a lot of years, but I was, let's say, impressed isn't the right word, happy that the nutritional components of foods was just added a few years ago. Because before that, you didn't even know what you were eating. And so I look also at the UK where there's been bans on advertising to kids specifically with sugared cereals and stuff, especially times of day and everything. And in Canada, they, they haven't done that yet. You know, we all know that the, the sugar level is out of this world on drinks and food and everything. And, you know, if there's a way to control that message, somehow. Somebody at the event we had last night said we should just heavily tax these unhealthy processed foods so that people buy less of them. But that probably wouldn't go over very well in the real world. Well, actually, um, it's funny you're going to mention that because what I was going to say is that back 10 years ago, before the U.S. had the level of random violence threats from certain political factions that they do now, a friend of mine tried to instill a soda tax in a major U.S. city and was getting random death threats. Now that would be a lot worse. So I, I think it becomes a tough issue to take on on that level. But okay, Gene, you're, you're, you're nodding. You have a thought on this or should we move on to what's next? Gina Madison. Yeah, I was just going to share as a parent myself, first of all, I never even thought about the connection between lack of physical activity and violence. So I, you know, and um, just kind of this fear that parents have nowadays, what could happen to their kids if they're out roaming the streets like I was. You know, when I was younger, coming when the streetlights come on, I can tell you as a parent myself, the electronics, the technology is a huge issue that I find, and it's more so here in Pittsburgh, I find personally like in the winter months when it's not as nice outside, it's hard to get my kids off their electronics to go outside. It's a little bit easier in the summer months. And then what Michael touched on with the food, I mean, I know, right? I know what my kids should be eating and it is hard because of the food industry. And there's just such a uphill battle. I think we all have, you know, as we come together as a community to just really ask advocate for changes, you know, not just in food you get, but in schools as well. I mean, I'm shocked and astounded sometimes at the food that my kids are served at school. It's just that there's so many different facets to this, but if we do not really focus on our kids, and it's not just the health of the kids in this future generation, I also believe that by really focusing a lot on kids and their livers and what they're eating and their physical activity, you're touching the whole family as well, and that's why we 
decided as an organization to make children one of our key priorities because we're also just, you know, reaching that whole family as well. You think back in the days here in the U.S. when they would do PSAs and they would do these anti-smoking campaigns in schools and kids would come home and talk to their parents about it. You know, our hope is that we could get to a point where we're doing the same thing around, you know, liver health and food and physical activity. And now back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded this conversation or send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. Next week, we continue our Easel Congress previews with a star-studded panel of KOLs. Until then, stay safe, surf on. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.